0: Bell Wellness Experience, episode 14. Here we go. Bill Wellness Experience, episode 14, I got a special guest, Dr. V. She uh, worked in the medical field, but now she's in the financial in- industry. And we're talking about my favorite subject, money. So I'm gonna go ahead and bring her in. Dr. V.
1: Hey Charles, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, how are you?
1: I'm good, I'm
0: good, good to see you. Good to see you too, long time no see.
1: Long time no see, I know. <laughs>
0: How's everything been going?
1: Everything has been well. Everything has been well. I thank God.
0: Okay. Cool. Um, before we before we get started, I always like to start um my podcast off by saying the views on here are mine and yours you don't necessarily reflect an employer or anybody with a little uh disclaimer to get out there. So I wanna awesome. I, I wanna start your, your background is a little in a in the medical field, right? So so how did you, uh, just tell people a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, well, my name is Dr. Veronica Njaba. I actually um, have a doctorate in nursing practice, and I also trained in family medicine. That's what I did. And I'm currently working still in the medical field. I work as a hospitalist here in Long Island, New York. And that's where what that's what I do. And then, when you come to the financial world, I kind of transition into that. So it doesn't mean I left and i left medicine yet. No. I'm doing both because I feel like we need both, right? They're all dependent on each other. I see patients who get stressed every day because of their finances and people who don't take care of their health, you know who don't get proper health care because maybe due to lack of finances as well. So I feel like the two actually work together very well. And at the end of the day, every profession, it doesn't matter what you do out there, financial education is very important, very significant. That's how I look at it.
0: So what made you switch over the financial industry? Was it that seeing patients that needed that sort of help or just our community in general? Like what made you switch over to the financial side?
1: Oh, that's an awesome question. So part of it was actually in general. Like how the fact that you know how the whole community set up, how nobody really gave me answers to a lot of my questions throughout the years. As you know, I moved here from um Tanzania, correct? You know that. So ever since I came to America, I noticed it was very different. Um, there's certain things that I noticed that were totally different from you know, even me coming from a developing world, for instance, people um work until at a very late age. I remember my grandfather. Retired super early, like in the sixties. My mom retired in her fifties, but he had people work until in the eighties. So it really scared me, and I was like, "Okay, am I doing something right or wrong?" And then everybody would tell you stuff like, "Go into nursing, do this. Go into medicine, You're gonna And then I see cardiologists, okay, who work until in the eighties too. There's this doctor that died during my clinical rotation. He had a heart attack, he was in his 80s. He used to practice a cardiologist, retired, and then went back into family medicine. So what is he telling me, they're still working. I see people who join the military, oh, I've been seeing, they serve the country, now these people, I highly respect them, and then they come out. When you go to the veterans' hospital, by the way, they don't get the best care, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. compared to private sectors. But not only that, money's still not enough, they have to go back and maybe join the police force or work, you know, US post office and all that stuff. So it really confused me like, oh my God, I got scared. I was like, am I in the right place? Is this the American dream or the system? I mean, I was so confused. So, and then when I looked at myself, I actually joined this actually for selfish reasons because I wanted to know what's going on Mm
2: because
1: I wanted to protect myself. And so for years, um, ever since I came into this country, there's one big thing that I hated, I'm not gonna lie, taxes. Taxes in this country, crazy crazy now when i was a student it was different but when i started working it was even worse so i told myself jesus how is this gonna work okay Mm -hmm. and then i started i got into travel nursing saved me a lot on taxes i loved it okay now transitioning from travel nursing to me getting my doctorate degree and assuming a different role Mm -hmm. i was making more in my income and guess what they were taxing me more i said no way i nobody was teaching me all these things so i said i did not go to school and spend all this money in my education to make almost what i was trying to get away from but i later realized it was the system but the question was nobody was giving me the answer i wanted i had a financial advisor i went to tax professionals they are very knowledgeable as far as what people are doing the day-to-day, but I did not know that different people in this country do things differently. So I was lucky, I would say it was fate. I met a lady at the time and she also worked in the financial industry and she educated me that, hey, when you talk about taxes, you're talking about, you know, um, the middle way, middle class way of doing taxes, versus the elite way versus the poor people. Said in America, there are three classes and you need to understand that. If you're middle class, it doesn't matter if you're lower middle class or middle middle class or upper middle class you're middle class so we went through this whole shebang you know i started reading books and educating myself i was like you know what how hard will it be for me to get my own license in the financial industry that's how it started so it was straight up due to selfish reasons because i wanted to personally <laughs> save on taxes and i didn't want to be in the same circle i call it a circle right Mm -hmm. Well, it repeats itself from generation to generation, and I did not want that. So that's pretty much about how that transitioned.
0: There's nothing about wanting to uh, do better for yourself. Nothing. So, you know, you did did the right thing. (laughs) So are you living in New York now?
1: Yes, I moved here um, last fall.
0: Okay. How How do you like it up there?
1: Actually, it's not bad. So I'm not in New York City where it's super busy. I know everybody when I tell them New York, they're like, oh my God, how do you survive there? So mm-hmm. I'm actually more on the Long Island area, farther east. So it's more cool here. It's not as crazy. But okay. I really like it. It's not as
0: bad at all. Cool, cool. So so what do you think? Um, you know, being in the financial industry, you hear a lot of things, especially when it comes to the black community about money and personal finance. Uh, what, what do you think the biggest myth is like when it comes to personal finance, like within our community?
1: I think the biggest myth is, um, first of all, people think when they deal with personal finance. First of all, I think the biggest myth is people don't trust the financial industry. That's one.
2: Mm-hmm. And people
1: think um, to do things like investments or bettering yourself is like losing money. Right. And also some people are selfish. Like I know some people who would straight up tell you, I don't care. It's about me. If I worked hard, my child has to work hard. Okay. But we don't have that mentality to think that, hey, if other people are doing different from our communities, why don't we also do different? But we just complain. Mm -hmm. And also we are lazy. Right. So I know it's, it's not technically a myth, but I feel like we are lazy. So we just think that relying all our information on one person without doing our own personal research yep, is the way well. to go and the biggest thing I think that really contribute so to answer that I would say the biggest myth is we think learning personal finance is hard and it's a challenge and you have to have a PhD maybe in business or no you don't you don't so I really think people can get out of their couches and st- and you know instead of watching Netflix for six hours, Maybe watch Netflix for five hours and spend one hour to learn something about their personal finance. It's Absolutely. going to go a long way and help a lot of us in our communities.
0: Absolutely, that, that's interesting to hear that because I hear people a lot saying, um, you know, you can't take a will when you die, and that type of thing. And like you said, it's healthy. if you have children, you can pass down that will. That's how generational wealth is created. That's how other other races and, and they, they do that type of thing. But in our community, it was like, nah, we, we can't take it with us. So we'll just blow it all right here.
1: Yeah, you can't think like that. We cannot. That's why we end up poor all the time. Because Ugh. when you think about it, it's like this is how I look at it, right? If my grandfather, okay, left me, say, like half a million dollars today, I could have done a lot with it. Maybe not taking student loans, maybe pay off my house or whatever, right? Something. But each time you start from the beginning, everybody starts from a point AU, we are failing. Yeah, we are failing yeah. ourselves. So, and the biggest thing is, I think the problem is we are not educated. That's the problem. We're not educated mm-hmm. when it comes to personal finance. We are not educated when it comes to just the concept of generational wealth in general. Mm-hmm. People think, okay, and this is maybe it's a myth, I don't know, but people think, okay, years of slavery is what has made us, okay, not have that generational wealth compared to other people. right? But I agree and disagree, Charles. You know why? Even though 400 years of slavery might have contributed, or when you say colonialism in Africa, might have contributed. But in this world today, okay? I look at a person like Elon Musk, who's from South Africa, right? (laughs) We are buying these shares, correct? (laughs) Where did he get his wealth from? Look at Jeff Bezos and all these people. The fact that we don't sit down and look at what has changed now, we can take advantage of so many things in this system, but we don't want to think outside the box. Yes. We are so relaxed and we like to complain. Yes, whatever happened, happened. Nobody likes to be colonized. Nobody likes to be you know, enslaved, right? Mm-hmm. It did that, and to be honest, it's still happening until today. But the little that we can take advantage of, we should really maximize. Because, you know, why there is no law in America that states certain race or certain type of people can benefit from certain accounts versus the others. There's no law in America that states that. Mm-hmm. But, yes, they can put hard qualifications for certain people to qualify. But guess what? Put yourself in a position to qualify.
2: Yes. 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 And hey, you not you know? so far. <laughs> That's how I look at it. I'm sorry. Like
1: I feel like there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse.
0: That's real. I was having a conversation with uh with my cousin the other day actually, and I was telling him, you know, like each each of us shouldn't have to start at zero. You know what I mean? Like we should put our kids and our grandkids in position to just cause my if put if, it like this. I have a son of two and a half, right? If my son has to start at the exact same spot I started at, I fail. I feel like as a father, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want my son to have, I'm going to teach him hard work ethic and all that type of things. My son, my son shouldn't have to grind out the mud the same way I'm doing. Stuff. But I should put him in position to, if I'm taking it here, he should be able to take it here. That's right. Great. I agree. So you mentioned uh investing. That's literally one of my favorite hobbies. I, I've been investing in stocks and stuff for probably the last six or so years i mean i'm, I'm addicted to it what are your thoughts on um I sort of because a lot of people are just they're afraid to invest they think they're gonna lose money so what and they just you know save money in these in their you know i have a savings account too but you know i have other accounts but what are your thoughts on saving versus investing
1: wow that's an excellent question so both of them are very important mm. okay But you need to know what you're doing. The biggest thing is we don't know what we're doing. We just do things because somebody else is doing. So when I think about saving and actually investing is like this, Charles. Let me talk about savings at first. Why are we saving? You're saving so that, God forbid, on an emergency, right, then you have some funds that you saved up that you could use. Right, because when you think about an average American, right, we, most of us live paycheck to paycheck. It doesn't matter, even the six-figure income. I don't know why everybody talk about six-figure income. But a lot of six-figure income, we live paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Right, and the moment they lose that job, they don't even know what to do. But when you talk about saving, to me, the way I look at it is money that's saved up in terms of an emergency if it's going to happen, or if you're saving just a little bit more, then you can use the extra to invest. Okay, so I'll transition that. You cannot invest if you don't know how to save. You have the concept of saving has to happen first before the investment part happens. Right. So with the concept of savings, right, you need to know why you're saving. Right. And where you're saving and how that portfolio works. Most of us save in the bank. Right. Mm -hmm. And most of us, as I said, we save for emergency reasons, even though an average American does not even know how to save. Statistics, when you look at the numbers, an average American cannot even save $400 a month. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. We all live paycheck to paycheck. That's one. And also, um, when you put your money in the bank, right, to me that is savings, not investing, even though some people think they're investing, right? Because it's safer there, because when you put your money in aggressive markets, and you're going to lose money, blah, 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 right? As much as that is true, when you're saving for a goal of saying um, for emergencies, different from when you're saying you're saving because you want to use this money at retirement.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So for people who say they want to save for emergency purposes, it means they have a certain amount. And actually, by the way, when they're saving, you don't save like how you're saving for Thanksgiving leftovers. Meaning you've eaten everything and then you're putting aside. No, that's not how you save. <laughs> you're supposed to save. <laughs> you're supposed to save intentionally it's called paying yourself first so for instance your salary is maybe 2000 as an example 2000 a month right you paid off your bills you need to intentionally say I'm saving $200 every month as an example or $300 that's just $10 a day right so that means that is your bill paying myself Paying the rent, paying this, that's how you're supposed to save. Not your party and did everything and then, you, because you know what? You can if you do it that way, then you can always go out and find other sources of income and get more money. Mm-hmm. But if you pay yourself last, guess what? You will never save. Because you know, before you know, the car's broken. Yep, yep. Whatever, the AC is not working, things always happen. Right. And this money that you're going to be fixing should not be coming from your savings, should not be coming from you, from your payment because you're paying yourself first. Correct. That's one. And second, when you're saving because of retirement, then you cannot be saving at the bank. You know why? Retirement is the future. People forget about one big thing called inflation, guys. You know, so when you talk about inflation, I think that is something that we take it so lightly. But if it's something that I'm really scared of, it's actually inflation. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because inflation is something that doesn't hurt you like right away, right? It creeps on you so little, right? That's why today you go to Walmart, this is a dollar. Next year you go to the same area in Walmart, it's a dollar three cents.
2: Yep,
1: it's a dollar six cents. It adds up, right? Twenty years from today, this thing could be way above a dollar, right? I like to use this example of like. say like 50 cents Charles right think about it just 20 years ago me and you could go to the store buy Coca-Cola right maybe a few of them few cans but today with the same 50 cents how many Coca-Colas can you buy
0: we can't we even
2: can
1: buy, buy a box. <laughs> <laughs> you see but it's the same product right mm-hmm. so it's the same concept that you know i look at it like 20,000 back in the days was a lot of money but today people's cars don't even cost 20,000 cost more so even the money that we think is a lot right now say like 500k a million whatever later when we retire it's not gonna be valued the same so that is the problem with inflation so if you're saving your money in say like a savings bank i mean you know a savings account in a bank your the rates in most banks is what 0.01 0.02 that's the problem they're very small right or 1% or 2%, those rates do not beat inflation rates. Because on average, right now, I you talk about inflation rates anywhere like, what, 3%, right? Mm-hmm. And there is that it was actually higher. Right now, with COVID and all this free money we are getting, I don't know, right? <laughs> so that is the problem, OK? Problem number one. Now, when you talk about investing, investing a little bit different. So when you're talking about investment, it means you're saving money in a portfolio that uh, you're thinking of actually growing your money in value hopefully you're growing your money in a portfolio that actually beats inflation sometimes we put our money in portfolios that the interest we are getting does not necessarily beat inflation that's the biggest problem right because as i said when you're talking about investing you're investing for the future right unless you're talking about short-term investment uh, you know which is still talks about not tomorrow does that make sense because tomorrow will be an emergency <laughs> It's not technically investing. So when you compare the two, right? You're saving because it's money that you don't necessarily think is gonna grow in value, but it's something that you can you have quick access to, right? Whereas investment is something that you're putting aside. You're growing this money in high rates, in hopes that this money is gonna beat inflation and you and it can make sense in the future. And hopefully, you don't have to go back to work, right? If you're investing for retirement, correct?
0: that is that is the
1: yeah and then try to pay student loans at the same time or retiring trying to drive uber it's not going to work that's Mm -hmm. not retirement right
0: (laughs) it's interesting you brought up uh inflation because that's something i feel like a lot of people they don't eat they don't eat pay attention to or they don't necessarily understand it and i don't necessarily have a problem with this guy but you know dave ramsey is one of the world's leading personal finance people but some of his like baby steps are sort of like outdated. Like for example, the the save a thousand dollars or whatever for an emergency fund. Yeah, 10, 10 15 years ago, a thousand dollars would have been okay for an emergency fund. Now, I mean, a thousand dollars that's that's tires. You know what I mean? Like some some of the information out there is like it's sort of outdated. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I actually listen to Dave Ramsey a lot and I um, I did his seven step. I mean, listen to his seven step, whatever teaching he did. And blah, blah, blah. so, you know, as I said, I strongly think that people invest differently. And you, as I said, you need to know what you're doing, what you want. Right. If you want to retire and go back to work, then there's certain things you can practice. But if your goal is to retire and stay retired, then guess what? You're going to have to do things different. Um, I think when it comes to Dave Ramsey, I agree and disagree with some of the things into just like what you said. Um, When it comes to things like debt management, I think he's excellent. I love his steps and blah, 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 right? But when it comes to investments, I don't think I agree with 100% of what he does or telling me to invest later. And you can technically do everything I want, right? You just need to know how you're budgeting. You are not going to wait to, I don't know, um, because let me tell you, something like emergency, emergency happen all the time. So if you're going to wait, right, to save on an emergency fund to wait makes sense because you have to invest first or pay debt or do this, it's not going to work because you know why We're always going to be in debt. Something's always going to mm-hmm. happen. Yep. And if you have big debt, it's going to take a while before you can clear that debt. Do you know how much debt we have? A lot of people buy houses in debt, right? That mortgage is not paid off, it's debt. Mm-hmm. So by the time you're finishing paying off that house, think about the American system itself, right? We go, we come you, you go to school, most people will do what? Take student loans. And then they'll tell you that student loan, say like maybe somebody did, took a student loan, maybe for undergrad, grad school, whatever that they're doing, because we like titles, right? Oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, I'm going to get a master's degree. We love titles, right? Because in the society, when you have a title, then it looks like, oh, wow, you, you're doing Exactly, but there are a lot of broke people with titles, so don't mm-hmm. let that scare you, right? <laughs> so, my thing is, you go to school, get this education on credit that's what I call it <laughs> education on credit, get a student loan, right? And then that student loan, people don't even know how it grows, it's compounding daily, okay? So, it's gonna take you roughly what maybe they usually average out people like what, 20 30 years before you can clear it, right? Because it's growing as how you grow, especially if you take more classes like i'm talking about more degrees right not only that but in between after you graduate what's going to happen charles it's gonna be like you know what i want to get married i'm gonna buy a house and you get another credit loan it's called mortgage yeah so I- compounding too so you keep going be like okay i don't want to pay for 30 years i want to pay for 15 but it's still growing anyways mm-hmm. right and then in between you're like oh my god i'm a nurse there is no way I'm going to drive Honda Civic 1997. Me? Uh uh-uh. uh. So you go to the dealership, okay, and get another credit. <laughs> it's called financing a car, okay, making these payments. So you're chasing debt and debt and debt for the next 30 years, okay? Even if you graduate in your 20s or graduate in your 30s, right? For the next 30 years, when are you saving for retirement? and that is why statistics say an average american do not start saving for retirement or invest for retirement until they're in the late 40s wow
2: that's a problem absolutely
1: it's a big
0: problem
2: do you
0: feel like a lot of it has to do with just like american society like we are well, a lot of people not, because obviously you and I you and our because we're having this conversation, but a lot of people are just comfortable being in debt. So they don't ever think about, you know, the actual freedom. It's just like, oh, debt's here. It's a part of my life. I don't I don't need to do anything. Do you think that's the mm-hmm. issue?
1: I think the issue is first of all is the system, as you said. The system has made us comfortable. Mm-hmm. Second, it could be very personal. Some people just are not um they don't like to challenge themselves outside the norm, right? They're okay with whatever that's handled to them. They're okay with that, right? And then with that being said, also it's not in our culture, right? It's not in our culture. People don't like talking about finances. The yep. next yeah. thing you look, we're gonna look at you like she thinks she you knows too much, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, it's not in our culture. People don't don't like talking about their problems. Everybody wanna look perfect out here. But yep. the truth yeah. is we all die in silence. So the first issue here is recognizing the problem, which all these are problems in our communities. We don't like talking about it. We don't like challenging ourselves outside the box. We don't like to question things. If you've been doing the same thing over and over for years and nothing changes, why don't you challenge yourself to see what other people are doing and learn from them? People don't like being humble. Oh, I have a finance degree, so I got not know nobody can ever teach me nothing. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you don't know everything. We all learn. Things evolve. You said something. Things evolve, right? You cannot practice like back in the 1800s today. Yeah. A lot of things have changed. So, yes, we are very comfortable. Yes, we don't like to challenge ourselves. Yes, we are lazy. We like easy. We don't like to read. All the information is in the books. We don't like to read. We'd rather watch a movie of somebody lying to us, somebody um uh, that you know somebody fell from a um, hundred feet I don't know tall building and never died you know <laughs> somebody got shot in the heart and they pumped their heart all those things are the things we like we like lies but nobody wants to sit down and read a book and compare information and challenge themselves to go out there nobody wants to do that we like it easy mm-hmm. we like being spoon-fed mm-hmm and people will quickly tell you well my grandfather didn't do it so whatever. well that's why your grandfather is broke and you don't question it why don't you step up and help your community do better because you know why your grandfather when he was your age things happening now were not happening then
2: yeah
1: you know so that's how i look at it yes we are lazy
0: yeah the the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a, a different result. That's what we right. do. Like we'll do the same exact thing, and, and it's fun, Funny, you mentioned we're we're lazy and we want stuff like spoon fed. I think somebody once asked Warren Buffett, who's a gazillionaire, and he's you know he's a big investor, right? And it was like, you have an effective way to do this. Why don't more people follow it? And he said because people don't want to get rich slow. We want things immediate. They mm. want things to happen fast. They don't the have to happen, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In yeah, essence- it's interesting
1: that you talked about Warren Buffett. I love Warren Buffett. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something. His mm-hmm. brain, woo, mm-hmm. I love it, right? Because when you talk about investment, that's just like what you said. We all like quick money. That's a lot of people who play a lot of. Let me tell you, there are people who will facefully, and I have nothing. Again. People still can do what they want to do, right? But as I said, you have to know what you're doing.
2: Yep. Because you're going to buy
1: this lotto ticket for years, but what are the chances that you're going to be really winning this lotto? Let's be realistic. They pick one winner or two, whatever they do. I don't know. I've never played it. So, but even, even so, how many wealthy people have you noticed that got created from winning a lotto? So, at the end of the day, if you don't know how personal finance works or how the system in this country works, it doesn't matter how much you're making. Mm-hmm. And that is why, Charles, as I said, a lot of people, all these people going to retirement and then going back to work, they were not lazy people. They went to work, right? They clocked in and clocked out for years. But there certain things that we don't even plan for. In this country, you can go broke in Oh heartbeat. Yeah. Something oh, yeah. as simple as illness. You got into an accident. Next thing you know, I didn't think about this. I didn't protect myself against. You're gone finances drop just like that right we see it a lot in in uh, public figures right all these celebrities right Whitney Houston where's the wealth you know I look I ask myself all the time you know my favorite guy Mr Chadwick Bosman look at his probate case you know all these things so yeah. having being rich is different from wealth and that is one thing that I did not even understand myself right somebody had to sit me down and really educated me there's a guy called Chuck O'Neill he talks about wealth in a very very good way right he he does an interview he did and he was he said how somebody educated him about wealth right he just thought you know having a lot of money is wealth. it's not Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that is not wealth that is just being rich and that's why it's so easy for a rich person to go broke but a wealthy person will never go broke
2: yeah
1: right so that these are two different concepts that also we don't understand right so yeah and then back to warren buffett um Another thing I like about him is because um, he—I learned a lot about when it comes to investing. See, there are two kinds of investors, Charles. Right? You have those aggressive investors, and then you have (laughs) the—that is you. I can tell. These stocks and yeah, those (laughs) aggressive investors, right? A lot of and 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 non-aggressive investors, right? Those are people who don't want to take too much risk. They don't want to lose my money, so they put their money in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. But at least did we know? you can actually not be an aggressive investor and actually put your money in portfolios that can still generate high interest for you without worrying about losing money to the market that is another thing we don't know right so me i'm the opposite of you right you are aggressive and i'll tell you most women we are not as aggressive as men most men there's actually a book that talks about um I think I will make you rich or something like that. It talks about how different. Have you read that book?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it talks about how
1: different people in different age, they um, invest differently and they look at investments in different. And there's, as I said, there's no right or wrong, but you need to know what you're doing so that you can attain your goals. Right. So, yeah, that's all I was going to also add on that. So with Warren Buffett, what I like about him is because he does a little bit of both right so for people like me who are not too aggressive it's funny because i actually do have clients who are very aggressive investors
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: (laughs) i put it all out there i'm i'm more comfortable with providing everything and you make that informed decision rather than somebody telling Mm -hmm. you what to do and then tomorrow when the market crash everybody's crying and looking at you funny Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right that's how i look at it right i like the power of choice right i like to have um, autonomy on my investments and everything pertaining to my finances when it comes to everything, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I like that autonomy, right? So I like to know that, okay, I'm going to put my money in crypto, knowing that Bitcoin (laughs) falls, I'm going to lose it. But guess what? I also have money in a certain portfolio that I will never lose it. Mm
2: -hmm. I like that right Absolutely. Yeah, that,
1: yeah because what you're saying is actually valid because when you said in the beginning that you know most people maybe don't like to um uh i don't know if that's what i think you said something like uh you know community the myths and stuff like that when we're talking about that And i said mm-hmm. most people in our communities maybe don't even like to think about investment stuff like that because just like me most of us are like, i don't want to lose money so we just put money in the bank right mm-hmm. but the truth is there's something called inflation so how can we help with these people right so guess what these people have a solution they still can put money in portfolios that you can grow and beat inflation and don't have to worry about losing the money but they have to be patient though it's not going to be like this yeah yeah right
0: all right cool this is how i sort of looked at investing when i first got into it so i used to be i would uh go to the mall like damn every weekend buy something new you know what i mean like I would new clothes new shoes whatever new cologne whatever. But then I started thinking, I'm spending this money anyway. And if I spend it on clothes, shoes, whatever, it's going to be gone. Why don't I put it into something where it has the possibility to grow? Because once you get an investment, you have to know, like, returns and it's not guaranteed. You know, you're taking sort of a chance. But you're just spending that money anyway. You're never going to see it.
2: So when Mm -hmm. I
0: started, I was like, I'm just going to take a chance to watch it grow. And then once I learn more and more about it, i became like infatuated with the whole concept and you know started talking to more and more financial people i started doing financial wellness and stuff you know that's how i'm here right now with you but uh but yeah i mean i just got because i was spending the money anyway that's the way i looked at it so i might as well take a chance to you know make some right right i agree so we uh we'll get back to investing in a little bit but you mentioned a second ago about protection and that led me to thinking about like life insurance and stuff like that and there's a stigma you know around like life insurance. people think it's a scam people don't want to get life insurance what are your thoughts on life insurance
1: oh i love life insurance i've never had so the thing is i think me and like most of us i think i never had issues with life insurance I, to me it just made sense it was just common mm-hmm. sense i was like um even if i save a lot because as i told you i was not an aggressive investor right so I thought with my little knowledge back then, I thought about it. I said, okay, even if I say there's no, how, how, how fast can I save? God forbid happens, something happens to me tomorrow. See yep, people yep. think they have control over their lives and we don't.
2: That's, a That's the problem.
1: Beauty. That's the problem. Each time we think when people plan, they plan about later. Oh, when I'm 70, I'm going to do this when I'm 60. But what if you're dying tomorrow? Yep. 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 We don't know that, right? So when you think about the concept of insurance and protection, it's a now situation. It's now. God forbid something happens now. When you walk out there and I got hit by the car. Mm-hmm. When I just get out, I see. I don't know if you've heard like a lot of cases. Oh, I came up when somebody came out work in the morning and just fell on the ground. Yep. Right? So I don't know if people. And I think the problem is. Maybe people don't see a lot of these cases being outside, but being in the medical field and you see all these weird cases every day, it, it keeps an bob in your head like, wow, mm-hmm. we are very fragile. So the issue of life insurance to me is actually very, very significant, right? Because think about it, what is insurance? Insurance is just a transfer of risk, that's what it is. You're saying, I don't wanna pay for it, somebody else does, Yeah.
2: No. right?
1: And then we get our insurance for our car, maybe because we have to, right? <laughs> for our phones, we insure everything somebody will insure their microcos purse. people will buy insurance for everything, their phone, you know, everything but when it comes to life insurance, people get so skeptical, but that's very normal, right, when it's something so significant, that's when people start to question, mm-hmm. right, but I think because people don't understand right i think that's the biggest thing people don't understand apart from being selfish some people just also don't understand because i know a lot of people especially single people will not get life insurance because they think they don't need it people with families they'll be worried oh maybe my child you know something like that i know even some people with families who are also very selfish that they won't even worry about life insurance right but think about it let me take a good example maybe a car why do we buy insurance for cars right God forbid something happens to that car, you're in an accident, get total, then you want the insurance company to be paying for that, the, the value of that car at the time, right? Because you don't want to use this money out of your pocket. That's why you're getting insurance, right? But also the same insurance should hopefully cover you when you get a flat tire, maybe roadside assistance or something like that, right? So that you don't have to use this money out of your pocket for that service, right? So that's what insurance is to cover. You, you, take, you You're pretty much transferring that risk to somebody mm-hmm. else, right? All right. So when you talk about life insurance, it's actually a little bit different from car insurance, the way I look at it. Because your car, Charles, depreciates in value. Your car, your 30000 car, 10 years from today, you probably have to have to replace the battery. The engine exactly. don't work. It's summer. And you're trying to drive. I have the AC on. The heater comes on. I'm like, damn, I got to take it to the mechanic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Then maybe you need a brand new car again maybe fifteen years from today because it depreciates in value mm-hmm. right it's gonna be thirty thousand anymore but a life a life appreciates in value you're going to work every single day for instance you're bringing 100 k or fifty k right your family depends on that income
2: yep.
1: your child does whoever is dependent on you depends on that income so what does it mean god forbid something happens to you today whether it's illness or death that income is not coming in Mm -hmm. so for the same 10 years where your car depreciates in value your life appreciates that means instead of you bring that 100k every year for the next 10 years that'll be approximately a million your family is short how much one million dollars yep even though I also understand why people don't like life insurance, because also when you look at the history of life insurance, the way our community, especially, we're taught about life insurance, we were taught life insurance as death insurance.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. Life insurance is not about death. Yes. Back in the days when you look at the history of insurance in 1880s, right, an average black family would buy life insurance compared to you know a white family. They'll pay the same premiums but only one third will pay off to the black family. So they ended up using life insurance just for what, burial services and funeral mm-hmm. and stuff because like, money wasn't enough, right? But that is not the use of life insurance, right? And today, of course, it doesn't happen like that. Life insurance, just like car insurance, you don't have to die, you don't have to be totaled for it to pay out. There are different kinds of insurance out there. Mm-hmm. You get insurance that can pay out to you while you're alive. That you can take our money and use while you're alive. God forbid you fall sick, okay? Or you go broke at retirement, or you're paying too much taxes at retirement, you get sued. So many uses of life insurance, depending on the kind you get but we get miseducated and misinformed about life insurance and we're only encouraged to buy only one type of life insurance instead of being educated about all of them so that you can have the autonomy to pick what is doable for you and your family right that's the problem
0: absolutely
1: because okay. today if I sit with somebody who's single and i show them how they can use life insurance to save on taxes they will appreciate life insurance how i can show a businessman they can literally use tax strategies using a life insurance to pay zero in taxes or protect themselves against creditors they're going to appreciate that whether they're single or not right as i said there are different types right so some are long-term they're permanent and some are temporary Mm -hmm. depending on what you want the life insurance for right so the way I look at life insurance for people who love themselves first and for people who love other people like their family instead in our communities we are taught life insurance is only for the ones you love yes it is but also for yourself because you know what if you can pay yourself for your life you must be loving yourself
2: right
1: (laughs) let me tell you something a lot of things happen to us while we're alive before we die Yep. the truth is we don't even know how we're gonna die not everybody dies accidentally most of us have died traditionally when i say traditionally, it's like you gotta get sick
2: Yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: maybe chemo or something so you're gonna be here for a long time okay kidney failed something before you actually die but while you're going through that, guess what? You're accumulating debt. Hospital bills not cheap in America. No. So you're accumulating all these last minute expenses that you never planned for, even if you had planned for to buy life insurance just to help with your house, what happens when you die later, is still not gonna work. So you still end up poor and your family's still gonna be suffering. So we don't think about these, all these little, little things, nobody educates us. Right. So when we sit and really talk about all these little concepts, then it makes more sense to people about understanding and getting life insurance for themselves. Because people love themselves, trust me.
0: Yeah. yeah, So so going back to the to the investing thing. So let's say I'm coming into Dr. V's office and I've never (laughs) heard of any investing, you know, in my life. I just I'm just in, I'm just at a point in my life where I want to invest some money. Like what are some concepts like that can help beginning investors it's something that you personally have used with your clients or just a strategy you would, you would help someone with?
1: Right. So I would say, um, first of all, I want to know what type of investor are they. You know, we're going to do what's called the financial needs analysis. You want to know how much of a risk taker this person is. You have people who have high risk takers, low and middle. Right. I'll consider myself middle. So those high risk takers, excuse me, we show them everything, right? Like these are. First of all, we need to actually know also their goals, right? Because let me tell you, everybody has their own goal. Everybody has their own budget. People come there with a 50. They're running on a 50,000 household. Other people with 300,000. So people on different levels in life, right? So that matters. That's number one. Second, what your goal is, and second, what type of investor are you? Are you aggressive type? Are you not? Right? But then also basic concept that we try to encourage everybody to re- like what i said inflation so there are certain things you have to look at to make sure you're beating inflation like maybe uh putting your money in portfolios that are giving you high interest rates right okay. we also um talk about uh, the concept of company interest and the rule of 72 right we yeah. talk about yeah. that and to be honest that concept really works only when you have high rates to be honest you're talking about six percent or up because you're compounding at one percent honey it's gonna yeah. be yeah. <laughs> compounding at two percent it's gonna be an issue but um so we those are things we look at right but most most times we try to make it as subjective as possible right we lay everything on the table we have those discussions um and then we also always always i encourage protection right because we are so good at making money and so good at growing money but we don't know how to protect Yep. Money that is the problem, and when I talk about protection, not only talking about protection when you die, as I said, even when you're alive, right? There's so many things that we don't account for, right? Things like taxes, I told you, I hate taxes. Things like taxes that is one thing that can easily bring your portfolio down because you're pulling out that money on a high tax bracket, they're pulling that 30 percent, honey. It's not funny. Mm Not funny at all, right? It's funny because one time I spoke to somebody and they're like, Well, even if I have a million dollars and they take 30%, I still have 700,000. I was like, Nope, that's not how you're supposed to think. You need to learn to eat your cake and have it.
2: Yep, yep.
1: Because you know why? There are so many wealthy people in this country that pay zero in taxes. Why should you be paying high in taxes?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why don't you learn what they're doing and you do the same thing? So those are things we look at and we discuss and we talk about.
0: Gotcha. Well, gotcha. so how can people that are um watching this and listening to this, like, how can they find you and get in touch, touch with you if they if they want to, you know, have a further conversation about these concepts?
1: Right. Um. Actually, I'm available with also almost all social platforms. That's one for people who like Instagram. Um, I go by Doctor, like D R. Dot Nurse V, as in V E E. So they can always send me a direct message. Um, I also have my contact information on there, I have my email and my phone number, so I'm very accessible. My phone number for people who want it is 501-269-8958. That is only a business number, just so you know. So it's gonna be strictly business information. Do not send me personal keep chatting messages, I will not respond. <laughs> strictly business or education, you know, and just so people know. I educate for free. There's no payment because I, I love to talk about this. But I will give you homeworks. I want people to read, okay? I want people to read for themselves so that we can all be in one page and hopefully our community can get better. We can help mm-hmm. one another, right? So I'm talking about everybody. It doesn't matter what profession you're in: engineers, nurses, doctors. You're already in the financial industry. There is always room for extra knowledge. And doing better we do the same thing over and over expecting different results that's why nothing changes in our community right everybody says you know get one thing invest the difference but guess what it may not work for everybody and that's why we're still Mm -hmm. in the same boat but then the wealthy country of this the wealthy people in this country they do something totally different let me tell you something Charles um I went to a place in Long Island New York and I met some people having a conversation and I got into that conversation to listen The things these people discuss is totally different from what we speak in our communities, from what is taught out here. And that is why we always end up in the same boat. It's a problem.
2: Yeah. It's
0: a problem. What what are some books you would recommend for the listeners to get into? Some that you have read before or some that's, that's on your on your to do list?
1: Yes, so I have some here and actually prepared for that. But it depends on what people want, though. So when it comes to taxes, I like this book here.
0: OK, I need to read it.
1: What your CPA isn't telling you, life-changing tax strategies. This is actually written by a CPA.
2: OK.
1: Right? So this is a very good book for people who like that. And even business people. Talks about corporations as well, right? When you talk about, I know some people don't have personal issues with the Rockefellers when I get in there, but let me tell you, sometimes when you go to Rome, they say you go to Rome, gotta do what the Romans do, right?
2: Yep, yep. A lot
1: of interesting information in there you learn. You cannot get personal, you have to get educated. So let me see find another one here. This one power of zero is also about I told you I hate taxes. Power of zero is also about taxes. Right. And then there's right. another book about family bank strategy. So that is a concept. Maybe me and you can also plan and talk about it some other time Okay. Yeah. while people are worried about putting their money in the bank and blah, blah, blah. You can actually be your own banker. People don't know that.
2: Okay. okay.
1: That is something our community needs to learn what, how to do it. We line up at the bank We make the banks rich, but we can be wealthy just by practicing the same strategy. This is all in the books. We need to learn these strategies, educate one another, and start. Pro- we gotta start somewhere. At least our, the second generation from us can start where we left off. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to start this, right? We we'll talk about retirement. There's so many other books. Oh, actually, there's a book about life insurance, right? So for people who think life insurance is about death, this little book right here talk about money, wealth, and life insurance.
2: Okay. Right. This
1: author has actually quoted the FDIC. You know, the, FDIC, the Federal Depart- Deposit Insurance Corporation,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: And um. It talks about how corporations and banks invest in life insurance. This is something people don't know. So life insurance is about death. Then I guess banks don't want to die, right? Will <laughs> <laughs> banks die? It's not about death. You know, there's so much in the insurance industry that we don't know about. And it's the same thing. Life it says life insurance. Yes. A company like Nike, Disney World, they all have life insurance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So how come individuals do not have life insurance? We're just miseducated.
0: So you said you do a lot of uh, education for free. Do you do like free like over the phone consultations? Do you do like workshops? Like what type of stuff
2: do you do?
1: Um, I do a little bit of both. I do work, I don't do phone conversations, but I do like workshops because I like to show people. Because for instance, right. when people tell me term insurance, how does it work? I can run an illustration for term. I can run an illustration for a whole life. Okay. it's different when you go to an advisor and people just tell you how it works. But when I show people different companies and how their system works, it makes more sense. Right. That's and then right. people have that better autonomy, like, oh, I didn't know this happens. A lot of people don't know that they'll be paying a lot for whatever they think they're paying little now people don't know that and in the long run that money could be invested in paying you or your child right? But you wasted it just by buying something temporary because somebody sold to you that it was cheap. But then you go back to that illustration and look up when it lapses. It's way more expensive and then people leave it and then what are they going to tell you? Oh, when you're in your 60s, you don't need life insurance because your house is already paid off, your child is already grown, da, da, da. No, when you're in your 60s, you're most likely to get that heart attack, you're most likely to get sick, you're getting close to retirement, you're going to pay high in taxes. What portfolio do you have to save you at that time?
0: gotcha yeah. well this has been this has been great i've enjoyed this money is <laughs> like the <laughs> let
1: me tell you don't get me started see i know this is a very short session but there's so many things that go over i even go over social security people don't know that even their portfolios they have now is going to count against social security taxes people don't know that
0: gotcha you're going to be paying
1: taxes twice and to actually you go to ssa i challenge everybody go to ssa.gov look at um, social security income tax, you'll see how much you'll be paying. And it's very sarcastic. It says some of y'all will be paying social security taxes. Up to 85% of your social security tax. Let me tell you, that's a problem. So you're going to be retiring poor, poor. It doesn't matter how much you're working hard.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So we don't know how to protect our funds. It's a problem. So I think it's a lot of miseducation in our community, Charles. And that is something that I'm really trying to share the little i know so that we can all go out there and really be able to help one another because we work hard we
0: do yep. we do well we, we definitely have to uh, have to do this again um we can get together off camera and discuss some specific topics to come back to come back and uh get into because this is definitely information that we need and i mean for you already having a career as basically a doctor and then taking time to do this that's awesome
1: <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't like losing money. <laughs> I don't like leaving my money to the government.
0: Nope. <laughs> Whatever your motivation is. Just I worked hard. They did not
1: pay for my school. I worked hard. So hey, go. I better keep my money if I can. When the IRS laws allows it.
0: So so what what kind of like schedule does your does your work at the hospital like what kind of schedule are you on?
1: Oh, I'm an nocturnist. so I work like a week on, a week off, a week off. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Okay. I'm a hospitalist. So.
0: Cool. 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 Well, yeah. definitely. Thank you for for joining me, and like I said, let let definitely get together and do this again because this has been this has been great.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Charles, and thank you for having me in your podcast. You are doing amazing. I think I've watched almost all your episodes, right? Yeah. I think you're doing just
0: well. I've been planning on doing more financial stuff, and like when you reached out, that was like perfect. I was like, yes. Oh, awesome,
2: awesome, awesome. I thought I I I had a
0: guest book for this week to do something financial, and then you know schedules kind of got twisted. I was like, oh man, what am I gonna do? And then you reached out, and I was like, "Oh man, that's that's God right there speaking to me."
2: <laughs> oh well,
1: I was like, "Let me try. You might say no." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you, no, you okay. were a lifesaver because it's definitely an episode that was that was well needed.
1: Thank you so much. I truly appreciate you. Thank you, Charles.
0: All right, you have a good weekend. Like I said, let's keep in touch and let's do this again.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
0: I right, have a good weekend.
1: Thank you too.
0: That was um. Dr. Doctor Nurse V, as she says, um, like I said, she's basically a doctor and she's doing financial education. Um, so if you like this episode, like, subscribe, leave a comment. See you next week. This has been Bell Wellness Experience, episode 14.